0: What's up everybody and welcome into the podcast. Today I'm joined by, surprisingly, it's your boy Bo, it's your boy Joey, and it's your boy Brady. We're all here for once. I know it's been a couple Ooh. weeks. Uh I think two, since we've had everybody here. Usually one of us is missing, but we're all on time and and ready to, ready to rock it. How you guys doing this week?
1: Doing great. To be fair, it's been two weeks since we recorded a podcast,
0: Brady. No, 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 no. According to what the listeners hear, you know, especially ones catching up in not real time, it's it's it was yesterday.
1: That's fair, that's fair. I was gonna say our listeners are also going to see a two week gap in, in podcasts being released, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> Bo, how's uh how has your week been?
2: Week was good. Uh I'm gonna be straight up with you guys. I just almost like I have a drafted up text message to to the group chat just saying like your boy's not going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. I'm clinging to this cup of coffee here, which is better than clinging to the toilet bowl. I thought I was a cool guy last night, and I, I haven't thrown up. I don't think I will throw up, but I probably should have thrown up. I, I ingested too much of the alkies. I usually have like, mm. like two or three of the Elvis juice because I'm a hipster and I drink my, my IPAs. And I was walking through Kroger and saw double Elvis. And I was like, that sounds like double the fun.
0: Assuming yeah. it wasn't
2: double the fun, huh? Uh, double the consequences is what it should have been. <laughs> but I I had double the fun. And, and then I just, yeah. But it's just a little just a little headache. I'm a big boy. I can do this. It's nothing crazy.
0: It well, Sounds bad. better
2: than being actually sick, which is what I
1: had to deal with all week, Bo. Ooh, like sniffles? You had the sniffs? I'm pretty sure I had the flu this week. Ooh, it was not that's, very fun. It was. No, that's, about, that's not cool at all. <laughs> no, it was like four days of me just not feeling like I could record a podcast. But we're past it, hopefully. You, you sound wonderful. I'm oh, sure yeah. you look great. Do <laughs> so I have my, my Phoebe Buffet sick voice when she, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watch Friends, but she gets really bad cold She starts singing the blues in her cold voice. And she thinks it sounds super sexy. Where did that deep cut reference come?
0: <laughs> I was I was going to say I think I think the problem is Joey I, I think your morning voice kind of sounds like your sick voice. So every time Joey jumps on the podcast I'm like, oh, it's 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 deep voice Joey today.
2: I don't I don't have a deep voice. I'll Same. work on that.
0: Well, uh, just to, to, to catch you up on, on me, um, I have been in here ready to go since four in the morning. So it is going to be a wonderful clinging to caffeine thing for me as well. So we might as Why? well. Just, <laughs> oh, you know, nice. just just woke up, couldn't get back to sleep. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm just excited to talk about this Infinity comic series.
2: Maybe you should have called me about. a text message, buddy, because I was I was up at like 12 and then I was up again at three. And I've been down on the couch bored. I could have been talking to my boy.
0: You go, i was it hey i was i was in here i won't be i was seeing if anybody was up but i didn't want to wake anybody up in the process but uh you yeah, know it's it's been a it's been a good time i did actually because i got up so early um and because i finished the comics uh at the end of last week or beginning of this week however you look at it i did go back and refresh myself and uh so i did i was i did kind of most recently probably uh read some of this but uh you read it you
2: read it for the first first time at three this morning didn't you i
0: I did not i I actually finished all six of them like in that 24 hour span that we talked about it last week and Mm -hmm.
1: uh the real reason brady was up at 4 a.m finally comes (laughs) to the surface
0: (laughs) Uh, you you caught me well i'm I'm gonna
2: be honest i i'm glad that it's fresh in your mind because I, as somebody who read this as soon as we first assigned it last time, what this was like two weeks ago? I have read so much comics since this. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to need some refreshers myself, so I'm glad you have this
0: pulled up on the screen. Well, you know, what better way to refresh than to, to talk about it? So, you know who talks about our comics every single week with a smile? Is that Joey? That's Joey. G- that's Joey, <laughs> that's oh, Joey cool. right there. That's a segue right there. <laughs>
1: Oh, I was waiting for you to tell me who does it with a smile, because that's not me.
0: (laughs) Well, chat chat GPT maybe, but uh, this week, it's definitely Joey. Let's hear that smile, Bobby.
1: Yes, listeners, just uh, imagine this big smile right across my face while I'm reading this this plot summary, which comes to you once again from Wikipedia. I tried, Bo. I was telling Brady before we were recording. I tried using ChatGPT, and I don't think ChatGPT uh, can read comic books. <laughs> it and was we not... learned
2: anything from from ChatGPT on this podcast. It is that ChatGPT is quite unreliable, and I think kind of wrong <laughs> a lot of the time.
1: It was it was most definitely giving me the wrong plot summary. Uh, like it, some of it was was correct, but then some of it was just not at all correct. Um, Captain America died, according
2: to ChatGPT in this story. <laughs> I didn't see that happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely, definitely confuse that with another storyline. Well, that gives me some hope. The, the <laughs> Ultrons are not taking over just yet, and if our listeners want the most reliable comic, they, they just come to us. We will give them the recap that actually happened. True. Because we go to other humans who wrote it on Wikipedia. <laughs> True.
1: Until we come to learn that Wikipedia is actually controlled by AI. However, anyways, (laughs) if you would like to read along with the podcast, please pause right now and go read Infinity, Numbers 1 through 6. And before I I get into this real quick, uh, there is the Avengers and New Avengers issues going along with the Infinity story. Bo, did you go back and read those, by the way?
2: uh you saying them right now is the reminder that i said i was gonna do that i did i did not i read a lot of other stuff since then those were not any of them and that would have been a perfect refresher i'm feeling a little dumb so i'm gonna pause the podcast real quick (laughs) and then i'll be right back after no i'm just kidding um i'm assuming you didn't either joey i did not i did read
1: the wikipedia plot summary of what was going on in those issues
2: Brady, did you wake up at 3 in the morning to uh, squeeze in some tie-ins from Avengers and New Avengers for this Infinity?
0: Uh, I actually did not, but uh, I kind of wish I did.
1: kind of wish I did as well, um, re- especially reading through the, the Wikipedia plot summary. It seems those were considered the main story. It You know, it, it showed us at the back of the Infinity issues that we should be reading the New Avengers and Avengers. Um, however, we chose not to. and. It, it, you know, we'll we'll be fine. Anyways, if you'd like to read along, please read Infinity number one through six. And we're getting into it. All right. Infinity opens up with an Outrider arriving on Earth, uh, beginning to look for Earth's secrets as he searches through Avengers Tower and the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning. Um, appearing at a sword base, the Outrider is seen killing a sword agent in an effort to find Earth's weakness. Uh, While badly beaten by the Inhumans, the Outrider is ultimately able to inform Thanos that the Avengers have left Earth, prompting his forces to prepare to invade Earth, and the Avengers have left to essentially fly across the cosmos and unite the galaxy-slash-universe against a race known as the Builders. And they're kind of upset about the aftermath of the events of Age of Ultron, in which, uh, you know, we kind of broke the fabric of space-time. Uh, so Thanos is using this uh, distraction essentially to invade Earth and so most of the alien empires try to stop the builders which causes some catastrophic results Uh, the Black Order meanwhile arrives on Adelin, where they demand a tribute of young inhuman heads that range from the ages of 16 to 22 Um, using the Terrigen Codex Black Bolt discovers that Thanos was using the demand for a tribute is a cover-up to kill his lost inhuman descendant son, whose actual identity and location are unknown to Thanos at this time. Um, most of the alien empires, meanwhile, have decided to surrender to the Builders, and Captain America managed to make himself head of er, sorry, Captain America managed to make himself heard by the Galactic Council and planned a retaliation against the Builders, which resulted in the successful liberation of the Avengers who were being held captive in the destruction of numerous forces of the Builders, partially turning the tide of the battle. Um, after the Inhumans deny a tribute to Corvus Glaive, one of uh, Thanos's uh, Black Council members, Thanos appears on Adelan to meet with Black Bolt, and Black Bolt attacks Thanos with his hypersonic voice. We finally see Black Bolt speak destroying Adalan and uh, appearing to, to kill himself and Thanos in the process. And that's the end of part three, which is about halfway through this story. So we'll, we'll pause there real quick and discuss the first half of this story.
0: Well, I'll say for me, um, and w- when we were talking about reading it before, Bo, m- you mentioned that I, you think I would like this. And I think you said that due to the fact that it is very MCU-like. Definitely not MCU does not follow the story of the Infinity series, but they're so like Thanos and his his lackeys are the exact ones, right We don't they don't they don't far too they don't fall too far off of that. Um, and it was pretty cool seeing them in the in their comics and how close it actually was to uh what i what I love and cherish. Yeah, I
1: think if you want the MCU Infinity War story then we need to go back and read the Infinity Gauntlet uh, series back from the 90s, because I think that more closely follows along with what you're familiar with, Brady. Um, However, this story, I believe, does reference that. I I believe that, you know, all these worlds Thanos is going to, he's he's kind of offering them an option of gauntlet or tribute. Um, he's, I, I believe, he's looking for that Infinity Gauntlet uh, once again because he he misses it. He he needs power, um, so he's he's offering you know Gauntlet or tribute. Um, give me the Infinity Gauntlet or give me a tribute of all of your young males, which he's basically using as a disguise to kill his uh, his children.
2: Yeah, Gaunt, Gauntlet's definitely the closer version to the MCU. Um, and there's like three different of that. There's like Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity another one and then affinity and the third one. I don't know why I can't think of those at all right now. Um but yeah, this was a very cool modern. This is cosmic. We don't read a lot of cosmic. And that's one of the thoughts that I thought you might enjoy, Brady was that uh there's kind of, it's kind of otherworldly uh mm-hmm. we get these people brought in that aren't typically like on the ground level Avengers and uh I I thought it was very cool in that sense. Uh yeah, the I'm glad that you did that refresher, Brady. I mean Joey, because yeah, a lot of this has slipped my mind. Uh, but those <laughs> those outriders are awesome, and yeah, the uh, Thanos' team, the the Black Order, just very very cool vibes here. I like I like Black Bolt a lot in this. Uh, he doesn't have a lot to, whole lot to say, but he's definitely a respectable guy. Uh, Captain America stands his own these cosmic guys, and I think that is so cool. Uh, definitely one of my favorite captain america events here in affinity because he's he's just a he's a very wartime guy and he's in his element here which i think is awesome but uh yeah very quick read too um it all happens very very quickly because yeah this only being three issues in is um not not a lot to discuss but i i do kind of want to make a point to like i think that the there's a, there's a lot of stuff that was like I wasn't familiar with which is a cool story read for me like when i'm hearing new names or new planets or new species and things like that i always read it a little bit slower um so it's nicer to to kind of take it in at that level but um yeah cosmic's a different kind of read for me i'm very interested to hear what your guys thoughts are
0: well i'll piggyback off that and say that i did really enjoy the cosmic aspect of it um you know in humans you know other than The show, the movie that got mixed reviews is about all that I have introduced to them. Um, Had no idea Black Bolt was at one time the king of the Inhumans. Glad glad to have that backstory. I do love me some Black Bolt. Uh, Black Bolt is a... So I always get him and Bullseye confused. Was Black Bolt ever a bad guy or was he a good guy the whole entire time?
2: It depends what side you're on. But no, he's always been king of the Inhumans. And as far as like... And humans go. He he's the good guy. I've always seen them as a good team. Definitely not villain-esque like Bullseye.
0: Okay. Well, I, it, I mean, he also is super powerful. It seems like just oh, his yeah. voice able to take down you know the entire Avengers by with one move. That's pretty crazy. So, um, I, I I have found out from this. I do want more more Black Bolt. Um. And then the other the other aspect of it, Boat, you said uh, it's a quick series. Um, that's what, I, or I disagree. I do. I think I mean, I think every series or everything was like forty pages long. Um, however, the reason why it felt quick is because I felt like this first three. I don't know if it was them trying to build up or them just you know maybe some things that I. This is where I said I would wish I would read the tie ins because I, I felt like I was missing something and it was just i think the first three were kind of boring
2: the coolest element of all this to me is you know i love my team you know when i love when people come together black bolt was awesome in this the marvel's concept of the illuminati is so freaking cool and the people that are brought together for that team are just incredible i mean you've got you've got your black bolt you've got Uh, obviously Iron Man, you've got Doctor Strange, so you've got your Avengers, you've got your Mystic. Uh, I think Professor X was one of the original, and he later gets replaced by Beast, as far as like an X-Men representative. Uh, Namor, Black Panther, just very, very cool lineup. Yeah, Yeah, the Illuminati is
1: a group I tend to forget exists. um, As Mm -hmm. you're supposed to, I guess, because they're supposed to be this secret organization, but uh, I was thankful that this series did basically what that Avengers versus X Men series did, which is you know every issue starts with the reminder of here's all of the people involved in the various teams that they are on. So you get you know the Illuminati lineup, the Avengers lineup for those that are up in space. You know you get the who's in the the Black Council with Thanos, who are the Inhumans. Uh, you just get that full roster of everybody involved in the issue, which I I really like with these big events. Um, But you, we have not talked at all about perhaps one of the biggest uh, character, question mark, I guess we could call them as collectively a character. The builders, this giant alien species that we're kind of introduced to here. I don't think this is the actual introduction of the species in in Marvel continuity, but it's a very new race of, of alien beings that is, you know, Brand new to us as uh, readers of of these events, and um, we learn that they're they're kind of like the big overarching race of aliens that's kind of responsible for everything. Which Marvel kind of does this, where you know they they continuously build on the backstory of the universe. So. You know, we've got the starting point of Marvel story and it's always moving forward, but they're always also kind of always moving backwards and retconning the, the big history of the universe. And we learn the builders are kind of responsible for like every race of, of aliens. Was that correct? They kind of like spurred on evolution a little bit.
0: That's how I understood it to be. But yeah, cra- that's, that's
2: also kind of how I read it. But yeah, they the whole I know it like listed several different characters of the builders race, like in that. First of all, Jonathan Hickman, the way he did it in Avengers versus X-Men and the way he does it here, where he breaks down that character list is so cool and so helpful. And I, and I love those screenshots, too, because I always take a lot of those. Um, but yeah, the builder race is confusing. Um, one of the newer Avengers. one of the, And that was the other thing, too. This Avengers team is not one that we typically see because there's so many cosmic elements that were thrown into this. Jonathan Hickman definitely threw a lot of wrenches in there of, like, changing things up. Um, he, he's famous for the uh, Illuminati. He's famous for the different Avengers lined up and then, obviously, the Ultimate Universe as well, too. Um, but ex-Nihilo was a very, very mm. cha- cool character that I was not familiar with. He came from the Builders' race, correct? I think hey. he. I
0: think
1: he's kind of one of those gardeners of, of the builder race, I believe. Um I, I did get that sense that he kind of like stemmed from them and it sounds like he was kind of just here to help Earth basically be worthy in their eyes so that they wouldn't destroy the population.
0: Yeah, how how I understood it was like the builders are the builders, right? So if you're not a builder you're you're not a part of that. But I think I I read somewhere like One of the first groups that they helped evolve was his group, and they used them to do different things. That's kind of how I understood it to be, but I could be wrong, too.
1: I do really enjoy these Marvel Cosmic-type stories. Um, However, I will say they are ridiculously confusing to follow sometimes (laughs) and i i don't know that i am properly understanding some of the characters and races that they throw into some of these cosmic stories
0: i i feel like bo mentioned this last uh last time we talked but i feel like some of them is just like here's a new characters that we can like kind of do stuff with and so i i take characters with a grain of salt unless they heavily invest in them like uh I'm sure. We'll, we might talk about him later, but I have no idea what the like hand guy did. I don't know if, if you guys remember him, but uh, there's there's just characters that are like, oh, I don't know who that is. Oh, I Here's guess it doesn't li- matter that I know who that is. <laughs>
2: a, a list of characters that uh, I don't know if you remember. This is a throwback to one of our earlier episodes. I believe it was one of Joe. No, it was one of Brady's bonus episodes and a team that Brady was backing. For, for several rounds to move through of the, uh, the 50 States initiative. Uh, again, I think the team that we talked about and the team that we looked at was different than this, but do you guys recall the, uh, the appearance of the Space Knights? I do. Oh, yes.
0: The pow- we called them the Power Rangers of the Marvel Universe, I believe.
2: Yeah, these guys um, looked super cool. Essentially, and in that brief kind of like background that I gave them, they all basically gave up their bodies and their forms to inhabit these like robotic like forms to be able to save their planet and defend it. And they were cool. Nice. <laughs>
0: nice. <That's> nice. <laughs> Did they they, were, uh, <laughs> were they because I mean, we, we talked about and we saw them. Are they are they a part of the cosmic or are they just their own little thing in Marvel?
2: Well, they're dead now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they definitely got bloated it up. Like early in episode, in issue one, uh, they, did, they did not make it. And I believe it was Infinity that was just sitting there kind of watching that. She, she came, she's like, I heard she had a very cool line where I think she said she came back to watch the beginning of how it all ended. And so uh, that's kind of where that action all started taking place. But yeah, they were putting up a good little fight before they went kablooey.
0: I, I guess I missed the, the, that that was them. Interesting. I'll have to go back and double check that after.
1: Yeah, I do remember reading Space Knights and, and seeing that I, I had not at the time put two and two together, that that was the team that we had referenced in our 50 States Initiative draft or bracket competition or whatever we were calling that.
2: But here they are. And again, I think it's probably just a, a name that's used for several things. I think the, the, whoever was in our order probably wasn't, the team from the 50 States initiative, nor was it the team that we reviewed from the, from the past Marvel comics. So I think that that was just a shared name, but it's definitely one that popped back into my mind of, Oh, this is a team that we've talked about. And then they were gone again. So it didn't really matter.
0: <laughs> and they were gone. And in, in, in more of these darker, uh, Marvel ways.
1: Speaking of teams, this black council team, um, this is pretty much the group that's with Thanos in infinity war when they invade earth and we get Corvus glaive, we get Proxima midnight, we get uh, ebony maw. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on, on this Thanos council team as a group of villains? Um, cause I, I was kind of intrigued by them.
2: The black order is scary, dude. Like they, they clearly just kind of take what they want, but yeah. Um, Whole obsidian, it's just the, the whole thing is just ugh. yeah, I mean Thanos picked them for a reason, but they're they're very cutthroat.
0: Um, I forget what the girl is that we will probably talk about later on as well. Um, but she I Proxima Midnight? Nope, the other one. Um anywho, she uh she had a line that like made to Bo's to what Bo's saying, made me made me shiver thinking about because you know coming from the MCU and seeing how Thanos like you know recruits his quote unquote children um you 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 kind of get the backstory of like how you know little they have when they are when they are are going with Thanos and how little they care about and she she went into her talk about how you know before before Thanos uh she was an orphan nobody loved her when Thanos came and like raised her entire planet, he, he she asked him to uh, to take her with and like kill her too, and it was like oh, and then he decided not to. He said no, you're you're gonna stay with stay with me, and you're gonna be my you know my thing. So then when she gets into this battle and basically says, I don't care if you kill me, it's what I want. It's like oh, they they really don't care. They really will. You know, whatever Thanos says, because they have nothing to lose. It's just terrifying. It's a terrifying concept.
2: Are you super giant was the other girl? I think you were talking about Proxima Midnight, though.
0: No, it's super giant. And it's it's when I'm not going to spoil because we haven't talked about it yet. But but big boom. Let's talk about it. I feel like we're recapping a lot of the
2: pre right now, but uh, we de- when we l- learn about kind of like what Thanos' real drive is, uh, who or what he is looking for, and then kind of when that battle ensues, that, that's definitely where the action continued to pick up.
0: For sure. So four through six?
1: Four through six. All right, let's get into it. So part four called Fane. Um, opens with Captain America still realizing they are outnumbered and outgunned and deciding to perform a false surrender. Um, Thor falsely surrendered to the builder who is under control of Hala and uh, and and kills this builder, freeing the planet and gaining powerful lost allies. Um, and, and this is kind of the spark that the entire universe needed to to fight back against the builders. Um, Thanos eventually survives Black Bolt's attack and continues the fight. As Thanos fights against Black Bolt, he detonates a Terrigen bomb, which decimates Adelan and subjects everyone on Earth uh, bearing latent inhuman genes to go through the process of Terrigenesis. This is how Inhumans are born. And so we basically see the birth of a a ton of Inhumans across the world. Um, Thane's power uh, is unleashed at this time as well. He's an Inhuman. Um, And it kills the inhabitants of the town that he is in in the process. Thanos fights Black Bolt where he demands to be told the location of his son. And Black Bolt refuses to reveal this location, which results in Thanos getting angry and knocking Black Bolt out. Uh, Moving into issue 5, the death of the Builder at Thor's hand and the subsequent liberation of Hala sparks a general insurrection at all Builder-occupied worlds which are being now dubbed Avengers worlds by their grateful citizens in honor of Earth's heroes. Meanwhile, Thane has been captured by Ebony Maw, who reports his success back to Thanos. The Avengers receive word that Earth has fallen to Thanos, and the Avengers and their allies all head to Earth to free it from Thanos. And we get a preview of the impending battle to come, which happens in issue number six. The Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Agent Brand, her, you know, personnel at S.W.O.R.D., they all retake the Peak while Starbrand devastates the majority of the enemy fleet with his power, forcing the survivors into a retreat. Um, In Necropolis, the Illuminati confront Supergiant and an enslaved Gladiator, and she is defeated after Lockjaw teleports her to an uninhabited world along with an antimatter bomb that Maximus detonates. Uh, Maximus being the brother of Black Bolt. Captain America, Captain Marvel, the Hulk, Hyperion, and Thor confront Thanos and his Black Order in Arolin, Aro- Arolin. um Corvus Glaive is killed by Hyperion, but Thanos and Proxima Midnight put the Avengers on the brink of defeat. Ebony Maul turns on his master and manipulates Thane into putting Thanos and Proxima Midnight into a state of quote unquote, living death, basically freezing them in amber, much like the mosquito responsible for giving us all of the uh, dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Um, So after freezing them in amber in the aftermath, the heroes and their allies pick up the pieces, rebuild in their own way, while the Illuminati continue to secretly find ways to prevent the impending death of the multiverse with Thanos in Proxima Midnight in their custody. And that is how we end infinity.
2: Woo! Definitely some big names brought into this, especially <laughs> from like the cosmic standpoint, where you've got like the Super Scroll, you've got Thor doing what he does, uh, the Guardian, some some very very cool battle scenes with people that like have been all powerful and like been like the the true cause for like the Avengers battling them in previous comics like all kind of coming together for what is the fate of everything and very very high stakes here as things usually are when Thanos is involved. But I thought it was it was handled quite well. And again, the wartime strategy of Captain America is just cutthroat. It's too cool. When Cap comes up with a plan, like oh it gets me excited. Yeah, mm. I will
1: say these latter three issues so much better than the first three in in my opinion. Um, i seeing everyone unite seeing the avengers in in this cosmic battle teaming up with ronan the accuser teaming up with our boy clert the the og super scrawl back from like fantastic four number three or whatever issue that was Uh, it was really cool to see all of those people coming together and and you talk about big names Bo. I can't remember us, us reading about this particular character or, I guess, this particular force before, but we get the Starbrand in this story, mm. which is a
0: huge
1: Marvel uh, superhero. Starbrand, Brady, is is Starbrand something that you are at all familiar with?
0: Is that the hand guy I was talking about?
1: <laughs> the hand, hand guy?
0: <laughs> there a, there's a point in the comic where... It's it's a guy, because they, they don't go into great detail on on this character, but they, they say, it's time for you to unleash your power, and he's, like, scared, like, uh... Oh, yeah, um,
1: that's Starbrand, I'm pretty yeah. sure. He's basic... So, basically, the Starbrand is, like, unlimited power. I believe the only limit to the Starbrand's power is the person inhabiting the Starbrand, like, their imagination is the only limit, I'm pretty sure. Um, It's just one of these like original Marvel forces that is incredibly overpowered
2: and very limited capability as well, too, because basically every time that the star brand uses their power, it depletes the, the holder of the star brand, which passes on to multiple different holders. Um, the first ever star brand, which is shown in like one of the Jason Aaron comics is a very Hulk like caveman, which is a very, very cool character. And then, um, in the Jason Aaron run of that same Avengers, uh, it, it goes into a baby <laughs> and there's I a star brand baby. So there's, I love the list. star brand baby. I love star brand baby as well too. But yeah, the, the power itself is definitely one of those forces that is like, okay, nice to have this on our side, but yeah, you, you've got to limit it some.
0: I'd love to know how Star Baby used the powers to get move on, but uh, I think uh, that that is definitely Hand Guy, and the reason I called him Hand Guy is because they talk about him having this crazy, crazy power, and then I think the next like slide or scene is him like raising his hand to the sky and everyone gathering around, and I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna be important, and then I don't think they talk about him the rest of the entire uh, comic.
2: I don't know how you expected us to pick up that that was Hand Guy. Because, because I didn't get anything hands.
0: besides him holding up his hand. That's all I knew of him. Except for his name and them calling him Starbrand. <laughs> nah, but but he was so – that's what I was talking about is they – is t- I was talking about this at the beginning of, of, of the recap is I feel like they toss so many characters in that I just was like, oh, okay, that's a new character. And then I wait for them to build it. And if they don't build it, I go, oh, that guy must not have been important. And then I moved on. Well, so I was one of those ones that they definitely did not build on in this specific comic series.
2: Do you uh, refer to Captain America as Finger Man uh, when he assembles the Avengers into battle?
0: No, I call him Yelling Man because he's the one that yells and is the only one to ever yell uh, Avengers Assemble, obviously.
1: I, I do have some unfortunate news for you, Brady. If you yeah. are waiting for the character building and character development, you need to read something other than these uh, these big <laughs> coming together, you know, crossover events, because this is not the place for the character development. <laughs> this no, but is, that's this where I place to throw everybody in, like you said, and, and right. make people go, oh, he seems cool. Um, but if you want to know more about them, you know, you got to pick up another comic.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure I will and I'm sure we'll we'll get into some more of those bigger ones, but that's where there's some character building that does happen in these that that I've noticed and that's when I go, "Oh, okay, so that guy's important to this story. I need to know him. I need to find out about him." But that's why if if they know, like like uh Beau brought up uh ex Nihilo, That guy? Pretty cool. Was a pretty big part of the story. A couple times he popped up and did some cool things and I uh Remember going through and going, "I need to figure out what he is and what he does, um, but Starbrand was like the, they, they built him up, they said, "Look at this cool guy," and then they, they didn't talk about the cool guy anymore. Well let's they talk about
2: that. a character that that uh, is pretty big, especially from issues three to six. Um, let's talk about uh, the healer, uh, the the son of Thanos, kind of a kind of a big point to this plot,
1: real creative name
2: of Thane. <laughs> Keep it in the family. He
0: was uh, he was the healer, and then he became Thane. I believe is how I read that.
2: Yeah, from obviously the, that whole Terrigen Bomb. The they they kind of dive into this a little bit, uh, where they kind of question whether or not was it Black Bolt's plan the entire time. Let's get this into off. this.
1: Let's go. Oh, because it, it sounds like at one hundred percent it 100% was Black Bolt's plan, plan the entire time.
2: And I I think that that's so, I mean, everybody on that Illuminati team has kind of their own agenda. And they're brought together to basically come up with what is the best, no matter the stakes, uh, for the the fate of mankind, essentially. And and alien kind and whoever else they're protecting at this time. The Illuminati is very famous for... Kind of sending the the Hulk obviously <laughs> into space because he was becoming more of a threat than something that they could control. So I yeah, obviously I was I was surprised though that uh, that this was something on Black Bolt's agenda because we don't get a lot of his uh his his dialogue because he's not allowed to talk very much. So that scene where uh, Maximus found that area that he could talk to them was very cool for me as well too. I'm glad that they wrote that in because it was nice for him to actually be able to like. Communicate with the other people on the uh, the Illuminati squad, but yeah, uh, definitely a, a little devious plan, and uh, it, it it caused this awakening of power. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go, oh, go, yeah, go ahead, Brady.
1: Nope. I was I was just gonna say yeah that that whole place where Black Bolt was able to talk that that was one of those like Marvel science mumbo jumbo things where it was like yeah we found this place that. Limits sound, like I, I, It made no sense
2: to me when they explained that. I thought it was going to be basically like a spot where like, because the Illuminati, uh, the Illuminati does this all the time, where they kind of just like hologram in. Like, why couldn't they just do that? Or like a place where like Black Bolt's completely by himself in the middle of nowhere. And then there's just there by like projection or like Dr. Strange brings in like their astral form. So they can't be physically harmed when, when he talks. That would have made more sense to me.
1: Well then you're you're raising the question of, you know, the physics of sound. If if Black Bolt is in a place where he has the freedom to speak, would they be able to hear whatever sound is coming out of his mouth
2: via hologram, or would it just be a loud screech? It's just like a if a tree falls in the forest kind of scenario, <laughs> or
1: <laughs> because yeah, the I've I've not read a ton of Inhumans things because I, I'm not a, a huge fan of the Inhumans as much as Marvel tried to make them a thing um, the last 20, 30 years in, in the continuity. They're just not that appealing to me, but um, I have read quite a bit of Inhumans stuff. They pop up all over the place. I read a lot of like the original Inhumans stuff when I was doing my you know Marvel 1960s read-through way back when. I think this is the first time I have ever seen Black Bolt speak.
2: He doesn't do it a lot. But yeah, I think that they would be able to hear it. Just me guessing. Because when he does speak, it's written. Uh, Usually into kind of like whatever blast is coming out. It's either usually like one or two words. But like he's actually physically saying it. So I think what he does say very much matters in that. Imagine that. You've been you've been quiet for, like, seven years. And you're like, oh, dude, the next time I say something, I'm going to say this word right here. I would never be able to shut up.
0: <laughs> everybody everybody would be hurting for me, screaming and hollering. Um, I'd have
2: to, I'm surprised he doesn't wear, like, a mask or something, like a Cyclops style where, like, he's got to, like, unzip his mouth to let it out because I would just... The way that he bites his tongue, that's a respectable king.
0: Completely agree. I think, uh... I really, I really enjoyed the, like, like you said, the Illuminati part, the Inhuman part of it. Um, we're talking about uh, the care, like the the Thane and coming in and 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 bringing in all this this side characters. I think that's where it really, you really start developing that story and that understanding. And what did you guys think of? thane i know we, we kind of hinted at it but like what did you think of thane his power you know all about him
1: i am like once again slightly confused as to what his exact power was um when he discovered his inhumanity he killed a bunch of people in the town that he was in was that like a blast like a nuclear blast of some sort emanating from him um and then you know ebony maw is just like oh don't worry i got you just wear this suit and you'll be okay and like the suit kind of contains what I, i'm just very confused about what this power is that he got uh, with the terrigen bomb
2: I kind of read it as, like, as he was first given those powers, it became, like, an uncontrollable force for him. So the people that were in the area were just kind of, like, a, a side effect of that that obviously were lost and kaboomed. Um, but not that he did that purposefully at the time, but I don't know. I didn't he yeah, did that purposefully,
1: but I still just didn't understand what it was that had happened exactly.
0: No, that's that's fair. I think for me, like you see, it, it was I, did they mention the left hand, right hand? Did, did that was that Thane, or was that somebody else?
1: That was Thane. Um, they they brought that up at the end because yeah, essentially, his right hand brings about death, his left hand brings you know the living death, which is the amber. That so I, I'm still convinced Thane is responsible for Jurassic Park.
0: Uh, <laughs> hey it, it is it's it seems like a plausible theory um but yeah i i i i'm interested to see cuz honestly from the the movies and stuff too um i always got this weird like ebony mall vibe where i was like ebony mall is just there's something bigger about ebony mall. i don't know what it is i can't put my finger on it and this kind of helped me put my finger on it cuz just like the illuminati and having their uh you know other other motives here you see ebony maw right there at the end of the uh, the series like he tr- he's the one who traps thane for thanos to come kill he calls him in and then right as thanos is distracted and at his weakest because he's fighting i guess captain america at the time um, boom here comes uh here comes ebony maw letting thane out unleashing his power and then running away with him to develop this new evil for eons to come so and and what what here? this is the marvel thing for me that that drives me crazy dude was a healer he loved helping people and just because his dad comes and tries to kill him and and he just turns evil or was do you think the evil's a part of his power like i don't get that part I don't
1: think we necessarily saw him turn evil per se. Um,
2: I I don't know that. I thought oh, when your was... powers when your powers are death and living death, it's hard to be good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and you run away with an evil guy that you know is evil because he talks about it, and you know. I just I'm not a big fan of uh, I, Ebony Maul. Creeps me out. I guess, and I guess everything that comes from Ebony Maul is is bad in my eyes
1: ebony mall is, is a very creepy individual and and yeah we we see that you know he's he's kind of on his own side here which i i kind of enjoy that I, I like a rogue you know a rogue villain who's who's supposedly on the team of villains but then double crosses them and and is really just out for themselves this whole time i think that is the real you know big bad the real danger in lies in those people that are just kind of like they're not necessarily on a side they're just kind of out for themselves
0: that's fair and speaking about being out for yourselves the other part that i was going to bring up when we were talked about um having your own agenda and black bolt being his own doing his own thing um kind of kind of a little a little good morally gray type thing right you know that's where I, I, I kinda like, you know, I, I like a good morally great character. One that one that has to ch- make decisions that for for his own or you know their own well-being or, or what they think is best, even if it's not maybe what everybody agrees on. So he's trying it's to very much,
2: Yeah, very much in lines with uh we've seen another person of the Illuminati make a very similar decision. Uh that's is is very Namor-esque for me. Namor is one yeah. of those people that kind of lives in the he bounces between the good and the evil, but at the end of the day his decisions 100% based off of like what he feels is best for his people. He's looking out for his people. It was also very like kind of Magneto slash like Phoenix force Cyclops or like mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes for mutant kind and whatever gets in the way, not really my problem. That's kind of another vibe I got from this. So this is kind of like the humans rise here where we, we've seen the Atlanteans, we've seen the mutants um this is okay but what about the inhumans and and how do we grow the people of the inhumans under this kingdom of, of black bolt and medusa so uh yeah very cool move i wasn't expecting it but again we don't get a whole lot of backstory for black bolt so if he was cooking that underneath the whole time
0: i can't really be surprised yeah big big turning into a big black bolt fan here and then what did you guys think of uh, maximus and lockjaw
1: Oh, I love Lockjaw. Lockjaw is <laughs> absolutely the best inhuman. Um, Maximus is is growing on me. He's he's someone that everything I've read in humans wise or seen with the, you know, the terrible show that was put out on ABC way back uh, 10 years ago or whenever that was. Uh, Maximus is always just kind of like the villain. He is the the non-superpowered brother of our king you know he's always just kind of got that little brother complex you know the typical uh, you know i was second born so i i'm not the king i'm just the brother of the king uh you know kind of complex that he has there so he's kind of always up to no good but it seems at this point in the continuity he's kind of on the side of of his brother on the side of the inhumans and um i, I was kind of you know enjoying him in this in this story but. Never, never beats Lockjaw. Nobody beats Lockjaw.
0: It's fair. I, I love the Lockjaw, and, and I guess I have a question for, for you all, because there were a lot of questions in this series, and I'm like, I think this is what happened, but I probably should ask and make sure we're all on the same page. When big, the big explosion happens, right, For with the uh, bombs that the Illuminati were hiding, which, first off, another thing, why would the Illuminati have these bombs anyways? But besides the fact... They, they, There's the bombs that the Illuminati were hiding. They set them off. Um, Maximus and Lockjaw contain it. And I'm assuming, because I believe I know what Lockjaw's powers are, they teleport it somewhere else. Is that what happened with all that? Did I understand it correctly?
1: I believe so. I think that sounds right. Um, Lockjaw does have the power of teleportation. That is 100% what he does. So that would make sense.
0: Oh, when the when you saw the boom on the page, I'm assuming we all didn't believe that happened in Wakanda, right? Or do we think Wakanda's just gone now?
1: No, I think I think Wakanda is safe. I think that it was sent elsewhere.
0: Okay, I, I'm just theory checking myself here. Um, but what else? Uh, what'd you guys think of 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 that move? And and you said Maximus doesn't have powers, right? So like other than being conniving, what what else what else did he uh could he have done there?
2: He's kind of a genius too. Uh he's one of those people where like he he he's got an intellect about him, but it's not like inhuman driven. So obviously <laughs> he's able to to build these devices and come up with these things. Um but yeah, not not an actual power, so Womp um, womp, poor little Maximus. I've read some cool stuff with him. Uh, he's he's very much kind of what Joey was describing earlier, where he's always kind of like conniving behind the scenes. Like he seems to always be in favor of Black Bull, but also has his own agenda kind of out of, of jealousy. And there's several times where he tries to become king, kind of that classic like brother brother of the king syndrome. So um, but yeah, I, I agree that uh Lockjaw's so cool. He's very, very cool. I mean, who
1: doesn't love a dog in comics? I would say of like top 20 characters for me, three of them are, are dogs in Marvel Comics. You got Lockjaw, you got Lucky the Pizza Dog, and you got Cosmo the Space Dog. And, you know, you put them in a
2: comic, I'm going to love it. Lockjaw Dur- is a, an official member of the Pet Avengers, is he not, Joey? I know that you're a, a big fan of the Pet Avengers. I think you
1: are correct. And there's a longstanding theory um, that I don't think has ever been made clear in the comics that Lockjaw may or may not be a dog. It, it, he may be a person whose inhuman ability turned him into a dog. <laughs> and I don't think it's ever been made clear whether Lockjaw started as a person or if he started as a dog.
2: I definitely want to Google that because I, know, that, I like that theory.
0: I wanna I wanna find out. But I also uh also wanted to point to you speaking of, of, of animals and, and and not rodents. Do you guys see the, the rocket cameo? Oh I'm yeah. Right at, that the beginning
1: was of the, right at the beginning of that last issue.
0: hmm You know, it was a battle going on, raging. They showed all of the like l- liberated because I don't I don't know if we talked too much in depth about this, but while Earth was getting destroyed. All the Avengers were out liberating all of Thanos's past uh conquerors, or not Thanos, the builders, where the builders are at, clearing them of the builders' influence. And then they come in to uh, join together to help fight Earth's battle. And front page center, a little, a little raccoon with a gun. And I was like, "Oh, Rocket! Yeah, there he is. He's like such a good." one of those cool moments, and that's how you do character building without even having to toss anything in there. But what else? What else did you guys think? Any, 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 any final thoughts or anything good before we, uh, we move on to the in, the end stuff?
1: Um, just one last thing that I noticed towards the end of this run was our boy Clert, who I've I've mentioned before, the OG Super Scroll. He did get uh, crowned as emperor clert so we we finally see the loop close with this like one of these original big bad villains in, in marvel comics um becoming the leader of the skrulls and and that may have some some repercussions down the line in, in terms of what the skrulls are going to be up to but clert was a big big part of some of the secret evasion tie-ins that i read um and so i i just love clert
2: the one thing that i do love about cosmic and marvel is that it Ties in kind of all the forces and stuff that are out there that have been written that I tend to forget about. Um, I don't really read Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't read a lot of Inhumans. Um, I'm mostly just ground based with the Avengers, though they do branch in kind of that, that cosmic realm quite a bit, especially with forces like Captain Marvel and, and Marvel and, and Thor and things like that. Um, but yeah, seeing all those different races, it, it kind of I love that they build on that universe when you get things like galactus and and the silver surfer and and all of that it's cool um but it's it loses me very quickly because it's almost a little too much i prefer like the grounded stories avengers can almost even be a little too much sometimes when it's just when it gets to that big power oh it's this huge force on earth i i like grounding back down to that kind of street level battle not necessarily like um Street-level villains, just Spider-Man, things like that. But the the more grounded approach where, like, there's, there's a clear one-on-one. You've got kind of this range of power levels that make sense to you. Every time you get to Cosmic, I feel like they're just throwing words out there that I have to I, – I am the reader being forced to understand what this means or how this wages up against – Honestly, I wish Hickman would not just write the, the name of everybody at the beginning of the issue, but also tell you kind of like on a scale how powerful they are and give a little blurb of what they could do, a little Marvel Marvel encyclopedia style. I, I think it'd be cool that way, like... it. It can it can just be a lot when you see these people going one on one, and then you're like, okay, so all these cosmic people are are really using the extent of their full power scale, but yet Captain America's out there just throwing right hooks still. So, where where's Cap on this scale? And it, it loses me quite a bit, and I feel like it stretches to the point where I start to fall off. Um, but I'm curious to know what your guys' thoughts are. Like, where where does your enjoyment of reading fall within the lines of the, those scales and storytelling?
1: So. I, I do agree with when it comes to this Marvel cosmic stuff, it is, it can sometimes be a lot and it is hard to follow whether or not my own understanding of what I'm reading is correct. Uh, And I, I totally agree that, you know, it's helpful to have kind of like a quick Wikipedia style entry, which is something I really, really appreciated when I was reading um, House of X and, and Powers of X, which Brady, I think your coworker told you, you need to read at some point. You did, uh, yes. Yeah. So House of X is kind of like the the 2019 launching point of modern X Men, and it it serves as like a an entry for for new readers to start reading, you know, the the modern X Men storyline. Uh, and part of what they do, because there is a lot of cosmic stuff going on at that. In that story is every 10 or so pages in that comic, there is actually like one page that is a Wikipedia style entry of like, this is what this thing is. And one of those things was a like race of alien beings that I had never heard of. I had absolutely no idea what they were. But the comic told me exactly everything I needed to know about them in this one quick, like two paragraph entry in the middle of the comic, Um, and I really appreciated that. And I wish Marvel would do more of that. I know it's a lot of like text, uh, and you know we read comics because they're quick, they're easy. But um, you know when it when it comes to these big, super important seeming races of of beings um i wish they would just pause and say you know what you're probably not familiar with every single piece of of continuity around this race so here's a a 15 second summary
2: so i just did a quick little google search and i'm not surprised by this i think i actually knew this deep down somewhere do you know who wrote house of x
1: it's jonathan hickman
2: it's jonathan hickman that boy knows that he's like he's stretching our minds and he's like i'm gonna make Seven things up in this issue that are that are now gonna be canon because I'm Marvel's bad boy at this point. He, he's out there he wrote avengers he wrote new avengers he wrote uh x-men he wrote the ultimate universe and then the secret wars crossover so he's got all the power in his hand and everything that he says is truth now at this point though i think a lot of it with the new secret wars that we're going to read soon was kind of retconned a little bit but um I, I i think he reached his breaking point but yeah i i like that he puts those blurbs in there and uh kind of those explanations and and cast lists and things like that makes it a little easier to follow. But uh, yeah, that sounds cool. I still have not read House or Powers. Um, So that's definitely something I want to double back and read as well. Where is that in the timeline of like where we are now with with currently reading Infinity and going on to like Original Sin next? Is that prior to this or does that come later? It
1: definitely comes later. I think we're still a few years out um, from where that falls in in the continuity. Um it, it's definitely after all of this. It's after, you know, the secret wars, the whole incursion thing that we're we're mm. building up to. Um it is it is basically in the same era as that Jason
2: Aaron uh Avengers run. I right, okay cool. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to get to because this is one that I've read before. and I think we're doing a lot of this build up now with bringing in all these different universes and stuff with Jonathan Hickman being the main writer of, of these Avengers lines. Um, getting into the new Secret Wars, I started reading that once before. And it was one of those comics where it was literally so confusing for me. Similar like, feelings of what I'm getting for some of these cosmic, but like 10 times the scale where like i was not following the people or what had happened prior and i took this on as a jumping point by mistake like it was absolutely terrible um but excited to kind of have this happening in the background for us now to to get back into that and try to read that again because it's it's definitely one of the more like if you type in like top marvel events like that's that's up there like that secret wars event was huge and um i mean i'm excited to give that another shot and and discuss with you guys but yeah this was kind of a this one's definitely gonna fall i mean once we get to like the big reviews this was this was not an outstanding one for me whatsoever it was a cool read but like i don't see because i'm not gonna dive back into cosmic after this and i'm gonna try to hopefully get back into even though the next one (laughs) i'm assuming is definitely cosmic uh because original sin that we're reading next starts with the death of the watcher so we're definitely going back out to space
0: I think for me um, with 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 the character development I'm also an avid video game player and one of the things some of the games that I like are character building games where you create a character and then you kind of design it and how it connects and how it interacts and you kind of make it your own and that I I got I figured out I got that from the movies I enjoyed watching and the shows I enjoyed watching I love a good here's a guy Now watch him become great, right? And I I feel like, I don't think comics do a great job of that. That's why I think me having that MCU background helps me kind of go, oh, I know Captain America. I know his backstory. I know he's great. Oh, look at him do cool things. Um, It's when they bring in, like I said, these other characters. And, And that's why I don't get too attached or look too far into characters that they don't come out and like, take a second to explain or really dive in or just immediately get into something. It's more so just a, there's, it's been just a kind of a, a growing of those characters and over a very, very, very long time. And it. I, that's where I think because there's not a lot of cosmic that I've had experience to yet. I think that was, I was a little lost at times.
2: I think kind of what Joey said before though, like this is, these events are, like, what the MCU movies or, like, the Avengers movies are in the MCU are for us. Because, like, you have to watch the solo Doctor Strange film and the sol- solo Ant-Man film to kind of get those aha moments of their appearances in the big Avengers crossovers. So we're reading all of these, and the comic readers that have read... Uh, the Marvel cosmic stuff and that have read Avengers and new Avengers. Like we all are agreeing that we probably showed up for this. Like they, they're getting that background, not just in story, but like character development as well too. Like, why are these people here? Where are the other people that I'm familiar with? Why are these people crucial to this story? And then when they bring in people like uh, the the super scroll or X Nihilo or Hyperion or the guardian, like they're like, Oh, this is sick. Well, we're like, Oh, who's that? (laughs) Like, they're 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 cool and they look cool, but it's not that moment of like, it's my boys teaming up
0: together. It's like it's it's some boys and they're they're teaming up together, and that's cool. They got some cool abilities and they do cool things, and that's cool, and I like it.
1: And that is exactly the purpose that these events are supposed to serve in the eyes of Marvel, the company, because they know every now and then we got to put out a line of comics that readers are going to want to read because, you know, it's a huge thing that is impacting the entire universe and it's going to be crazy and all this stuff's going to happen. But the real purpose for this in Marvel's eyes is for you to pick this up and go, who are all of these other characters that I have never read? Oh, look, there's an entire line of of comics about, you know, whoever, Starbrand or whoever you want to read more about. And it gets you introduced to these other characters and makes you exposed to their stories to the point where you may just purchase another comic book and, you know, learn just to learn more about them. And that's the whole reason they do this.
0: Reading this and then
2: knowing that that's a thing out there and then like all the tie ins and like even just reading these events and knowing how much we're missing of the backstory and other stories out there that are completely unrelated going on at the same time going back to that book you just read, Joey, the guy that's read every single Marvel issue ever just becomes infinitely more unbelievable to me. Like that is even an accomplishable task. Like, I don't know how that's, that's nuts.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be your life's work for several years.
0: (laughs) Completely.
2: For sure. Yeah. I, I love the crossover events because it does two things. it, it ties in everything, because these are usually annual, that has happened in Marvel Comics over the past year. Um, brings in a lot of kind of those front runners, new names, introduces those, sh- like creates interest, like Joey just said, and then does a really good job of setting up, okay, well, here's what's next to come, because this is the change that it made to the Marvel Universe. Uh, we, we now have Thanos that's completely frozen in this amber and the living death um we we've got kind of these new teams being built these worlds being destroyed how are they going to handle that who were the the builders and what happens next like it's just a very cool spot that we're in now and then yeah the ideal is to read many many stories for the next year until you get to the next crossover event and we're just honestly, this approach is kind of nuts <laughs> that we're just like skipping whole years of backstory and reading to hop into the next event and pick up where we left off without any context. And <laughs> um, I think that we're kind of starting to feel the effects of that. At least I am.
0: No, for sure. And it's one of the things that it, it's, it's, it's coming on. You're like, Ooh, this is going to be a big event. And then you get into the next one. You're like, Ooh, this is going to be a big event. And in the next one. I just feel like there's a lot of big events happening and, you know, I think early on in our reading, not of the 60s comics, but early on in the readings of these, I felt like it was kind of built up to a event, and then the event kind of uh, took off. And I don't know if that's maybe because we read some kind of tie-in event into the event or what, but like House of M. I felt like you kind of saw House of M coming through some of our readings. And I feel like here it was, the, it, like I said, it's just event coming, and you're like, oh boy, let's go.
1: I think a lot think, of that had to do with the writer involved. Um, I think that was the first time a, a one writer had been so heavily involved in those big crossover events and, and kind of steered them in the direction of, you know, leading up to something. You know, they they all kind of fed into one another that way and
2: um, were a little more interconnected. Yeah, to be fair, Brian Michael Bendis was just running the game for years um, so he he knew what was coming next and what he wanted to have happen, and I think those were a little close together, closer together in timeline as well too. So we kind of saw the continuity between those. We we are just now entering the Hickman area, era, era <laughs> area era <laughs> uh, that uh, Bendis was famous for not quite to that scale, but I think kind of seeing all of this huge universe um, it, is what hickman is known for and that's going to all tie into his secret wars event um so yeah it's definitely going to capitalize on that and become very very confusing and uh we i i'm definitely going to probably plan to start diving into some more tie-ins at least for the events just to get some more of that backstory and not just kind of be completely (laughs) clueless wandering through these and this is why there is
1: no one size fits all approach to reading Marvel comics. You know, if you want to follow along with our podcast and just go from event to event, it, it's one approach. It's not necessarily the correct one. Um, but I always say that the the most correct approach is if you have an interest in something, you just pick up a comic book about it and read it, and don't worry about the exact order you're you're reading things in. Um, just kind of go with the flow.
2: That is why I am very. I love the side reading that I'm doing right now, and I haven't even told you guys what it is because I would kind of love to throw it into our podcast readings in the future. I might put it on pause because I've been loving it so much. Um, but while we're reading all of this in the... What year is this going on? Like 2014, I this is, 15?
1: I believe we're in 2013 or 2014.
2: Okay, so yeah, 2015 is when the next Secret Wars happens. Um, so we're, we're, we're right out from that. Um, I hop back into the past, and I'm in the 1980s, which is a big era of of comics that I'm enjoying right now from Marvel. And rather than reading stories or crossover events, I'm reading the Marvel original graphic novel line. Ooh, and, and reading all the graphic novels that came out by Marvel that are very cool events and very standalone stories and do a great job of not only recapping but refreshing you on it and then kind of keeping that story closed into itself as well too. So I read the Death of Captain Marvel, and I right was now I'm
1: if you had read that one, that's the the main one the, that I know. Yeah, there's the
2: first yeah Marvel uh, novel that ever came out, and then um,
1: New Mutants is that one as well.
2: New Mutants was the second one that I read and um the one that i'm reading right now uh that i'm i'm liking so much and i literally might just pause it is um god is it uh, uh, I'm i'm gonna say the word i think it's god saves people kills but it might be god loves people kills and it's a big like giant size x-men uncanny x-men storyline that kind of gets really cool into kind of that battle between people and mutants and uh but yeah, it's awesome because it, it it's it's old reads, but it's not like the the dragging on old reads like that we were getting into so yeah the graphic novel approach is definitely something very cool as well um and they have the whole there's a whole reading list on marvel unlimited about it so there's quite a few of those there's the original graphic novels there's the modern graphic novels where there's a lot of thanos and stuff that's going on right now that's kind of like the next section that's broken down and then they have this whole series of graphic novels called season one on there as well too where like dives back to the origin of most of marvel's characters and then like gives them kind of like a brief time timeline of the introduction of them into marvel so i like a good closed book story and uh that's not what these are these are cool events but they're very much like pick up and then what's next so that's that's been nice to read on the side because i feel like it doesn't really interfere with this and it's so far in the past that it's just canon stuff that already happened so but as far as this goes uh shall we recap as far as ratings and uh favorites
0: let's do it so let's jump in. Uh who Brady, should we, who should we think start with I think you should get a chance to
1: go first, Brady.
0: Oh my goodness. As the host, first. I
1: feel like you always pass it to one of us.
0: Of course. It's my job. Um alright. So but I also I also use that as an advantage so that I could go base my, my rating off y'all. Um I think it's, it's
2: called one. it's called uh God Kills Man... Well, God Loves Man Kills. I just pulled up my Marvel Unlimited, (laughs) which I should have had open for this discussion, but uh, yeah, very, very cool. Back to you, Brady. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So I think I'm going to take maybe a controversial approach or maybe exactly on with what you guys think, but I don't think it'll be in the middle. I'm going to give this a solid six. And I think for me, I hinted at it earlier... (laughs) The first three issues of this were very much like, oh, Big Bad is coming, watch out, oh no. And that's 60 uh, pages of that. Um, Actually, no, it's 90 pages of that, right? So it was was a lot of quote-unquote filler, and yet we still complained about not getting enough backstory. Then the last three, it really actually started picking up to where I was like, okay, this is this is alright, this is good. You see the conflict, you see the people, you see the big bad, you see the uh, the morally gray decision to turn everybody, all the Inhumans that have the DNA into Inhumans. You, you see it all kind of build out, and you're like, okay, I like this, it recovered a little bit. But overall, I just think there was too much too much and not enough at the same time. So it gets a six. I
2: think that's that's very fair. No, about, I was not looking for fair. <laughs> how, how about... No, it was definitely fair. I think we're all going to be on the same kind of line there. What about the standout favorite character for you there, Brady?
0: Oh, are we doing that before? Okay. So, favorite character for me is going to be... I wanted to do a combo, and I wanted you guys to pick one. I'm going to do Lockjaw. Um, we kind of talked about why. Um. It's just a little literally a dog that uh just shows up at the right times and 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 you know one of the big big bads of this whole series was the fact that the Illuminati yet again for some reason had giant bombs in their basement and then um they were about to go off the Avengers had already left or or were fighting not able to save them and then walks lockjaw and goes, Hey, I got you pink and then boom big bad's gone and I don't know why, but I, I that that whole scene, and this is where I kind of wanted to know more about Maximus and what he had going because that whole scene of like, guys, we got to get to this this spot, we got to get to the bottom of the Illum- or uh, Wakanda, we got to get to the bomb, and then Lockjaw just walks in because yeah, no problem, boop, gone. Was was very uh, it hit, that that was one of my favorite things that hit me hard. So I'm gonna say Lockjaw.
2: I can't be mad about a Lockjaw pick. Let's it's, go. Uh, he's not like a. he wasn't really a driving force of it but he's he's cool he's a cool cool doggo that's for sure and i did i did do a little googles in the background and he was originally just a bulldog that was exposed to the mist and then became lockjaw with with his powers so i don't know if i love that does that mean that all animals have potential dormant inhuman genes it, it seems that way. I was also googling in the background to see
1: if I was corrected. It, I did find a reference to Ben Grimm did think at one point that Lockjaw was a human that had gotten, you know, transformed by the Terrigen Mist. Um, but it turns out he was wrong.
2: That would make more sense rather than the one animal that 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 has the the inhuman gene.
1: I mean, I guess this would be the time in Marvel comics that we learn if there are more because they released the Terrigen bomb that just spread across the entire world. So if there are any any other
2: animals, but if there is only one animal, how did did they get that gene? Because I know how genes carry on (laughs) 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 and he's a dog dog. (laughs) Who who was it? (laughs) Black Bolt will never tell.
0: He'll never tell. Speaking of uh, never telling, unfortunately, Bo, I think you have to tell. Who's uh? What was your rating?
2: I'll tell. I'll give this like a 6.1. Because I liked it. It was a good read. It was short. It was action-packed, that's for sure. Uh, the story didn't really capture me so much because it was... I Probably because it was so short, there was such a quick rise to power that the fall of power also seemed very short-lived. Um, and I, I do like when everybody kind of comes together and it, it kind of takes all stakes. There was there was some really really cool standalone moments for like that that we didn't really talk about it, but that one time where Thor kind of went out on his own and they sent Thor out there to be like their top negotiator
1: mm-hmm. and
2: like throws his hammer and then that calls it right back and little shoom shoom right through his chest. That was a sick scene. That was very cool. Well, um,
0: I want to I want to add on real quick. He didn't just call his hammer back. He threw it around the sun.
2: Yeah yeah, just real quick, just like a real quick shoop. shoom. <laughs> but uh yeah no that, that was dope and, but i mean i think the whole driving force of the story ties into who my favorite character was which was captain america because i love seeing the new york bad boy just kind of uh standing with these literal gods and extraterrestrial beings and these unknown forces and he's just the super soldier boy that's basically he's not superhuman. He is, and I love referencing back to this, he is the peak of human capability. So he's there, but not to the point of superhuman, which is just nuts that he's, he's out there uh, kind of within the midst of all of this. Um, I, I love the force of the Illuminati. I think the people that are on that team are just always super sketchy. There's, there's always something super sketchy about them where any of them could be a villain at any time. You don't have that with Cap. Though... Captain America does eventually make his way onto the Illuminati team roster. I have seen that I've never read it, uh, but i have I have seen clippets of it, so I think that they were they were bringing him in for some some moral goodness, but Captain America was definitely the standing force for this enemy when he comes up with a plan and he executes it, he doesn't tell us what the plan is, but we see it play out and we see that it's coming from him and to kind of see the respect that the other characters have for him throughout the battle is just so dope. I was like, yeah. He's Captain America, he's a human, so am I, which means they basically are respecting me and I'm doing this. So I lived vicariously through him throughout this story, and uh but it wasn't enough for me to rate it higher than a
0: 6.1. I think that leaves you, Joey. What's uh what's your take? Well, I think in the
1: history of the Comics Over Coffee podcast, this has never happened. But we are all pretty much perfectly aligned on this one i'm also going to give this a six so brady gave it a six i give it a six bo gave it a 6.1 we'll just call that a six as well um i feel like a walking contradiction however because the lore wise i love this cosmic stuff And I I love reading and learning about the history of the universe within the universe that we're reading. Um, However, I enjoy that much more in the form of like a nice 10 minute YouTube video describing the history of the Marvel Universe. And reading about it within Marvel Comics is not quite as enjoyable to me as like the street level stuff that Bo talked about, you know. so like content wise I, I do enjoy this this cosmic stuff it just I feel confused and like I'm not smart when I'm reading it sometimes. Um so so story wise I'm giving it a 6 just because you know for all the reasons we talked about it it there it was it felt big it felt huge but at the same time I just wasn't really like understanding the full impact of everything. Um However, my, for my favorite character, I'm switching gears here. I'm going to the villains and I'm taking (laughs) the one that I found the most intriguing, the one that I want to know what he's up to after the end of this story, I'm taking Ebony Maul. Um, Mm. He disappeared. He kind of went after Thane, got Thane, brought him back to Thanos, but then didn't seem like bringing him back to Thanos was the plan all along. And he's kind of just off doing his own thing now and, I would love to know what he's up to there. Um, so I feel like leaving this, he is now the most dangerous of, of that group of, of, you know, the team that was invading earth. Cool choice.
0: Well, I, I was going to say that's a good choice from my perspective, because I told myself I was breaking the mold this week and not picking a evil guy. But if I was, it definitely would have been Ebony Mall, as I kind of hinted at earlier. So I like it. I like the pick.
1: Yes, we all know how much you like to to pick the uh, you know the Scotties of the world.
0: Hey, somebody's got to do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, we are we are done with this episode. So we are going to get back to a bonus episode next week. Uh, who's who's coming? Who's, who's hosting this bonus episode?
1: So this is gonna be my bonus episode, and I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I, I I did want to ask you guys. I sent along a reading assignment <laughs> oh, way back when. Have either of you started that by you know at all? I, I'm I'd be shocked if you had. But Bo, you said you read a, a lot since uh, finishing Infinity. Have you started my reading assignment yet?
2: I have read a lot, not a lot of that. So uh, <laughs> no, I've I've got some some picking up to do. I'm actually gonna have to scroll back to remember what that reading assignment was. Do you care to give us an on the air um little little refresher there, Joey? I'd love to because
1: I'm gonna actually just say let's not do it. I'm changing things <laughs> up. I'm gonna send you a new. I am gonna send you a reading assignment. <laughs> don't don't think that you're gonna get off scot free this week. Um, I am just changing it up. I had to the listeners that don't know I had, I had thrown out the idea of reading some of these like newer generation uh superhero origins so like Miles Morales you know Ms Marvel the new one um I, I wanted to read some of their introductory issues however I realized coming into today's episode it's Halloween week boys and I watched Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus which is out in color now You watched the um, color version? I did watch the color did version. Did you
2: watch the black and white version? You did, you right? Did.
1: Yes, I, I will say I think I enjoyed it a little more in color. Um, okay, so worth a rewatch. Spoiled. Yeah, call me spoiled, but whatever. I, I, I enjoy having color in my, my modern television watching. Um, however, I think I want to throw out a couple monster-themed issues for us to read next week. So I'm, I'm going to come up with a list today. I'll get that over to you boys, but I, I want to read some, some Halloween-y stuff this week.
2: I'm all about that. That's one thing that Marvel kind of like originated with was like the horror, the monster and things like that. And something that I have not dived into quite a bit at all. So I'm excited for that reading assignment. I will also be rewatching Marvel by night because I think that that could tie in pretty, pretty nice. So maybe we could recap that as well, too, if Brady, you're also on board.
0: Let's do it.
1: Awesome. Be on the lookout for some Werewolf by Night, some Man-Thing, some some Dracula. We'll, we'll, I'll find some, some good issues, I'm sure. I'll keep it limited to maybe like five.
2: That's awesome. I'm actually really excited for that.
0: Werewolf reading assignment for spooky season. Well, with that, everybody, boys and girls, gentlemen and ladies, we are off. Have, hope everybody listening in has a great week and a wonderful time. We'll catch you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Comics Over Coffee. Please be sure to join in again next Saturday morning for another exciting episode. If you have questions for the host or would like to be featured on an episode, please write in to Comics Over Coffee Podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my fellow co-hosts, Bo and Brady, and a very special shout-out to our artist, Emily Rich.
2: Hey guys talk tech with me for a second what mm-hmm. this uh this shield this mesh shield if you will surrounding the the face of the microphone that too it
1: cuts down on your p's and your f's
0: mm-hmm.
1: what the puck <laughs> it's just a uh it
2: filters them out
0: no <laughs> it
1: supposedly makes them sound less aggressive when you like say like p like a p sound and it like, ordinarily you'd be like pistol. <laughs> it just makes it sound a little like
2: less aggressive.
0: And back That's in right. the day of like early recording.
2: Pistol. You... Pistol. 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 Very non-aggressive. To... I
0: know. It used to hit uh, the tops of the, I don't know, the frequency. Is that what it is? Where it would like. It hurts. Yeah. It, it would like. At the top where you like would like mess up and you'd sound like a robot. So, like the P's and F's did that. Somebody can record. Yeah, mm-hmm. Craig's in here ready.
1: Oh, hey, hey, ladies <clears throat> and gentlemen.